The Pelicans are 1-0 in preseason, so it's all good in New Orleans, right? Well, there's still some things the Pels need to work on. Will Guillory of The Athletic joins me to break it all down. We're going to talk Zion, rotation battles, and what to expect from the two preseason games this weekend. It's the Friday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts, and right here on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And today, we got Will Guillory of The Athletic here. Uh, I can't keep him on for too long because he's got some TV to go do after big time. Well, <laughs> Yeah, it's a new day in Pelicans world, man. I, I got requests all over the place. People want to talk about this team. That's a good thing, right? It, it's fun, right? We, let's start right there. Is this the most hyped you've ever seen the fan base, you know, around this Pelicans squad or going into a season? Oh, easily. Since I've been covering the team, it's not even close. Uh, cause just because, you know, there's the expectations for the team and just how good they can be, but also the players. The, the whole Zion thing, you know, brings it to a whole nother level that – we haven't seen them for a whole year, and now there are these expectations like, man, he's in such great shape. He's focused. He got paid. You know, is this guy going to be, you know, one of the next greats, and is this his moment? So uh, it's just like all type of stuff stacked on top of, you know, this one season. It, it probably also helps the Saints are down a little bit too, unfortunately. Yeah. Like it seems when normally people wouldn't be tuning in, they're like, all right, whatever. Yeah, let's watch the Pelicans game. Like it was an 8.30 p.m. preseason game the other night and people couldn't wait for that to happen for preseason. Yeah, and usually, I mean, it's been a long time since we were this early in the Saints season. It was like, all right, we're done. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> at least that when they were bad, the last the last time they were kind of bad, they had like eight and eight seasons, you know, where they kept yeah. the hope up a little while. But like, you know, it's rare that we're not even at Halloween yet. And people are like, all right, I'm ready for Pelicans basketball now. Like, uh, I, I think it's going to add to the expectations for this team, but I think it's great for them just to have that excitement. And I, I think what these guys keep talking about is, you know, just seeing what that building looked like during the playoffs and, and realize, you know, what it looked like at the start of last season. And they're, they're really excited about, you know, just having more people there, more people supporting the team and more people, you know, really bought into what they're building. Yeah, and the city's very anxious for it, I think. And I think everyone's excited to get in the Smoothie King Center for the the one lone home preseason game that they get. You mentioned the expectations there. What are your expectations for this season? You and I were on with Fletcher Mackle a week or so ago, and it's tough to try and find where this team slots into the Western Conference when you're trying to kind of predict the standings. What do you expect from them? What do you think the bar needs to be? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at the West, there's just so many good teams this year, man. It's crazy just how deep the West is. You know, you, uh, you got all the way from the top to the Warriors down to like Golden. I'm not, you got the Warriors at the top and you got Portland down there at the bottom. They're going to be d d upset if they don't make it. Sacramento is going to be upset. They're going to have the longest streak in, in American Only sports not now, making yeah. the playoffs if they don't make it. I mean, everybody's kind of desperate to get it and everybody has like a really solid squad. But I think. 
with this Pelicans team, I think there's no doubt getting back to the first round of the playoffs has to be a serious expectation for this team, building off of what they did last year and then adding Zion to the mix. And I think uh, a realistic expectation for them in the building is to go beyond that playing game, right? To grab that fifth or sixth seed, maybe even compete you know, for home court, if everything kind of falls in place for you. But I I think uh, that's at the very least just to get back to where you were last year. And then you figure you bring this squad into the first round, we'll take our shot against anybody. You know, if we've got Zion, B.I. and C.J. Uh, So I think that's really the goal is just to at least get back to where you were last year, avoid the plan, you know, best case scenario, and then just see, you know, just how the chips fall. Yeah, and it doesn't even seem like if they make the play-in, it feels like that would be a disappointment. But I guess when you look at the West, it, it might not be. You know, you can't Somebody has to make it, right? Someone's <laughs> you know? going to get in there. And I think that's, you know, you, you could have Dallas, in theory, in the play-in tournament. Or yeah. they could be like the four seed. It's just there's a wide range of outcomes that I think this early is too hard to tell. One thing that could clear it up. I know you definitely looked at or at least watched the highlights of Wimbenyama and Scoot Henderson the other oh day. Oh, my God. Like, it's a, they're unreal, and Wembenyama is unreal. I, I'm going to put you on the spot, and this might get both you and I in, in trouble, depending on how we answer here. Um, <laughs> because I, there's no way the Pelicans are going to tank for one or both of them. But let's say they, they, lose, they get into the playing tournament, but lose the playing tournament and don't get into the actual postseason. And whoever has the number one overall pick calls you and goes, straight up, we'll deal the number one overall pick for Brandon Ingram. You've got to say yes or no oh, right God. now. What would you say? Oh, God, you really put me on the spot it's here. Such a mean question. <laughs> I mean, I, I think throughout the I'm going I'm to stand on what I've always said, you know, going dating back to the one that KD think talks were going down. I think just what B.I. represents to this team as a leader in the locker room and even beyond that, the guy, the first guy to commit. I think that's something that David Griffin talks about yeah. a lot is that this is the such a huge summer. This is might be a summer that goes down in Pelicans history as far as the Zion extension, the CJ extension, the Larry Nance extension, where you see this many guys lining up and saying yes i want to sign on the dotted line and be in new orleans long term but to get to this point it had to start with brandon ingram being that first guy and people kind of forget brandon ingram had an opportunity to go wherever he wanted to when Mm -hmm. he hit free agency here in new orleans they allowed him to play out the final year his rookie contract so it wasn't like a situation with z where it was like well you you're gonna have to go in a restricted free agency and all that stuff no bi had his options open and bi Resign with this team with no player option at the end. He made that full commitment. And I think just having him here and being that representative and being the guy who's been here from day one, I think it means so much to them because that's how they get to this point is building from that very first building block. And I think not having him around, I think it'll make everything feel not as real, not as grounded as it does with B.I. as kind of the face. And I think that a lot of people in the building feel like, yeah, Zion might be the most talented guy, but B.I. is the face because he, he because of everything he's represented since the day he got here. It's, it's on the banner in in the, the practice facility. B.I. is right in the middle of the biggest player. That's a really good point. You know, even if it makes sense, maybe from like a building perspective or talent perspective, because Wembenyama is ridiculous. He's unbelievable. <laughs> I just saw a picture of him next to Rudy Gobert, and he's got like three inches on Gobert. And it's, it's I, I, I don't know. It's just watching him is, is unbelievable to me. But you make the good point of, you know, they've really built something that feels special here. And I think that's why fans seem to really like this team and want to root for this team. And they're so excited about it. There's like a lot of homegrownness to it. 
And that started with Brandon Ingram, as David Griffin said on Media Day. So that definitely would be... You, you do a lot of damage, I think, to the locker room, the culture, and the fan base trading Brandon Ingram, even if it's for a player as special as Wembenyama looks to be. Wait a... Good with... It's like the correct answer and the safe answer, I think. You're not going to get in trouble for that one, are you, Will? Yeah, exactly. I, I covered all <laughs> my bases there. You know, I sounded like I knew what I was talking about, but I can still go back in the locker room and be good. So we, yeah. we're all good. Okay. Um, all right, coming up next, let's get into Zion a little bit. I want to talk some defense. Jackson Hayes, after looking good in the preseason game, and we'll look ahead to these next two preseason games. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is the title played there of Locked on Pelicans, brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game you can find. And they got all the NBA futures, whatever it is you might want to bet on. Coach of the year, MVP, championship for the Pels. You can do it over at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, whatever it is. Head to betonline.net. Use your mobile device to get there as well to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And today I'm joined by Will Guillory from The Athletic. You can follow him, I'm sure you already do, on Twitter at Will Guillory. Will, it's been one preseason game. You've seen him a lot in training camp and in open practice. Is Zion back? Man, I'm telling you, it, it seems like it. It's not just from what we've seen, just what you hear. You talk to some people behind the scenes, and I joke with you know with some of my friends who ask me the same question, like, what's going on with Zion? And I say, whenever you talk to people around the team about Zion, it's not what they say. It's kind of like they all just kind of make an a audible noise. It's just like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> it's always some reaction like that, like, whoo. You know, it's just like, man, this guy is unbelievable in the stuff he's doing. And it's just like he's been away for so long, you kind of forget just how dominant he is and how easy he can make the game look sometimes. I mean, just like Larry Nash told us, the first scrimmage he goes out there, dominates, and doesn't even miss a shot. And he goes back to the locker room and didn't even realize he didn't miss a shot because, I mean, it's just what he does, right? He's always at the rim. He's always plowing people over. Nobody can stay in front of him. You got to send multiple people his way. And, you know, it it was fun seeing this Pelicans team kind of figure out how to be effective last year with CJ McCollum and and Brandon Ingram as as the the lead guys in the offense. But then you realize, man, you have this guy now leading this offense where you can't stop him. He's in much better shape. He's going to score more in transition. He's forcing doubles every time he touches the ball. And then you look around and say, okay, you double him. And there's Brandon Ingram over there. There's CJ McCollum over there. Big JV's under the basket. Herb's starting to make more threes now. It, it just there's there's so much weaponry on this team. And if it all starts with Zion kind of being an even better version of himself than what we saw the last time he played, it's scary to think what this team can do on the offensive end. He, and he, look, he looked he what well, offensively he looked exactly like what we would think from him he he checked every box you wanted to see from him that quick little baseline jab step go up knife between two guys for the dunk was super easy for him to do he get he I don't know if it's we haven't seen him in a while but he looks like he's jumping higher to a certain degree for some of those boards he was going after too but you saw him you saw probably the best defensive performance from him ever I thought in this preseason game and maybe that's due to him being away for a while but defensively at times he looked like Duke Zion you know the the goaltend which was a wrong call the fact that he still was trying to make that play and made that play is not something we've ever seen from him in the 85 games that he's played in the NBA so far. 
Yeah, and I wrote this after the game. I think even beyond the two huge blocks he had, which somehow he didn't end up with any blocks, <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> when you look back at the box score. Uh, but I think you saw him playing on the weak side, you know, communicating with his teammates. You saw him playing with active hands in the passing lanes. Yeah, uh, I think you saw him just being more attentive, more uh, paying more attention to detail, and just being active. I think that was the issue a lot of people had with Zion, especially that second year. You know, where he was so dominant on the offensive end, and then you look down on defense, and he was just kind of standing there around a lot of times just watching and I think now you you see him in a little better shape you see him moving around more and I think being around a team where all of these guys are obviously committed on the defensive end they're on a string they understand how to play together how to communicate I think you can't help but to fall in line once you go get on the court with guys who understand what they're doing on the end and, and they're buying in to what Willie Green is selling as a head coach so I think you're right if he's able to step it up defensively and be as good as he was in that Chicago game uh, I think that's going to be huge for this team because they need him to be good defensively uh, just because obviously there's questions what they're going to do at the center position uh, on the defensive side but if he's no longer an issue uh, I think that's going to be a huge for them to kind of at least be above average defensively. Yeah with how good they're going to be offensively if this team normally you need like a top 10 defense to really be a championship contender I think but with how good this offense could be if they just get to the middle of the pack 15 this team's going to win a lot of games because of something like that. You know that was an area I thought they struggled with at times last year it seemed to come around when they when they really kind of got their footing under him with CJ with Brandon Ingram there that's got to be an area that Willie Green is really preaching to this team really trying to get them to work on is that defensive side of the ball I think because they're they're going to have to get stops I think you know is there anyone other than maybe like Herb Jones we know what he's going to be able to do that you look that really try and step up you mentioned the center spots maybe a bit of a question mark in that regard yeah, I think Herb obviously is the number one guy for sure, just because he's so he's just so dominant on defensive end. Man, just watching him in that Chicago game, it was like, oh yeah, this guy could do a little bit of everything, <laughs> and he just always involved, and he's always in the right spot, uh, you know. Except when a guy's elbowing him in the gut, <laughs> you know that that was unfortunate yeah. to see Herb go down like that. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think Herb's the number one guy. I think CJ, you've heard. You, we've heard a couple people speak up about CJ being more, you know, just active and just being more involved defensively. I think he understands that his role is going to be a little bit different this year so he can be more involved defensively. Uh, you want to see that from him, obviously, as a guy who's going to be at the point of attack uh, a lot of times. And I think Trey Murphy as well. I mean, we yeah. were talking about it all summer, just the emergence of Trey Murphy. How big is his jump going to be this year? And a big part of that is can he be that, you know, Batman, Robin, you know, guy next to Herb Jones, where it's not all on Herb Jones every single night to stop everybody on the other team. If he can have that number two guy next to him and Trey Murphy, uh, I think that's going to go a long way for this team as well. Uh, and, and that applies also to what we talked about with the questions at center and can you kind of get away with playing Trey Murphy, Herb Jones and Zion Williamson as your front court? A big part of that is just how good is Trey Murphy defensively? How much yeah. is he contributing rebounding? Uh, that's a big part of it as well. So I think CJ and Trey Murphy are the two big guys for sure. He was about to ask you and you just kind of touched on it. You know, is there some sort of small ball lineup where Trey Murphy plays the five in a sense that kind of emulates the Warriors death lineup to a certain degree or is he, not ready for that type of duty just yet. Maybe that's a year or two off. Yeah, I'm kind of skeptical of it just because I've never loved Zion at the five. Uh, just because, uh, you know, defensive rebounding has always kind of been like not as good as you would mm -hmm. think with him. And I think Trey Murphy is probably the same thing. I think he's more of an offensive rebounder than a defensive rebounder. 
Uh, so I think that's where you kind of fall into some issues. And I think Trey doesn't necessarily want to guard other centers. We kind of asked him about it over the summer because the running joke with the team is Trey Murphy is 6'10 now. He's not 6'9, 6'10. Six, six, he doesn't. Not 6'9 and a half. That doesn't let sound six, good. Not 6'9 and a half. No, he's 6'10. Uh, but we asked him about it at Summer League. We're like, hey, you're 6'10 now. You're going to play some center. He was like, nah, well, I'm not playing center. I'm still a wing. Uh, I'm still out here shooting threes. So I don't think he's necessarily bought in on the idea of being a small ball center. But I think Willie Green is going to have to try all these different lineups because you got so much talent. All of these guys bring th- different things to the table. So I think he would be crazy not to see at least what it looks like with Zion at center just because if you got four guys spread out to the three-point line and Zion – attacking down the middle i mean it's, you can't stop it. It, it just there's nothing you can do uh but i think just on the other end like i said rebounding matching up defensively i think that's going to be the real question with zs center and i think you're probably just better off playing larry nance or jackson hayes at that five spot right and, and then figuring it out from there yeah I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense i don't think trey's ready for that just yet though the idea sounds like so intriguing to me and we saw his, his Rookie year in summer, like he handled Evan Mobley pretty well, though, on like a very smaller sample in short minutes when it comes to that. I was also curious watching them in that first preseason game. They looked like they were trying to play really fast, really fast to try and get the ball up the court much quicker. Ideally to those corner shooters, right? Um, They opened the game with Herb hitting that three from the corner. It seems like if you're playing that fast and there's passing the ball to shooters in the corner and maybe having them rip a shot, it helps you on defense in a sense too, right? Because you still have guys that are going to be back and they can get set a little bit easier. Is that what you think we're going to see from this team try and play much quicker this year? And maybe it does help their defense to a degree. Yeah, you're exactly right, because I think with them playing as big as they're going to be, a lot of times the big question is getting back in transition, right? Especially Mm -hmm. with the way this team attacks the offensive boards. You think JV and Zion in there, they're just going to crush the offensive boards. But the other end of that is you got to get back on defense, right? So I think playing fast and, like you said, having guys back, getting it up quick to those wings is going to be really important. I think also something that I don't think we have talked about as much when you compare it to how much Willie Green has brought it up throughout the, the, the past year is Herb Jones as a ball handler yeah, as a creator a and lot. I think he's talked about it a lot even dating back to last season he, he's always kind of envisioned Herb as that guy and I think like you said playing fast you need multiple ball handlers you need got multiple guys who you can kick it up to the front court and you can trust them to make a quick play and I think Herb Jones kind of expanding his role and doing that more often is going to help this team play faster and I think you saw that in the Chicago game he made a couple plays off the dribble, a couple plays, early offense, getting the ball to Jackson Hayes down there. That's one play I can think of. And, yeah, I think that's something you're going to see from him just being more involved, ball handling. And I don't think they want to be the team they were in 2020-21 where it was either Zion Williamson ISO or Brandon Ingram pick and roll every single time down. They want to play fast. They want to get these guys in, in open situations because, obviously, the spacing is going to be tough with Zion and JV, if you're slowing down, walking the ball up, both of those guys want to be in the paint. We know that. But if you're playing fast, I think that's going to alleviate some of those issues because if you only got three guys down, the space is going to be pretty good, right? It's going to be easier for Zion to get to the basket. And I think just giving those guys easier opportunities, it's going to help everybody get theirs. Is that why preseason is so important for this team? You know, they got off to that slow start last year. They finally have everyone back, though we're seeing people in and out of the lineup right now. No CJ in the game uh, tonight against the um, – 
Pistons? Pistons. And then, yeah, no BI the other night. We still might not see Trey Murphy. There might not be any Herb Jones. Is this something that sets them back or is the work and training camp a little bit more important for all of this? And there's still time to kind of get onto the same page to avoid a slow start and get in this new kind of offense, this new style of play that they want. Yeah, I think it's just unfortunate that B.I. has been out as much as he has. I think that's something that they're going to have to overcome. And we've seen B.I., especially last year, where it takes him a couple games to kind of figure it out when he's in a new situation, Mm -hmm. uh, a new kind of lineup type of thing going on. It takes him some time to adjust. Uh, Maybe he's in a different role this year, so he can kind of get that going a little bit quicker. Uh, But, yeah, I think that's something that's going to hold them back until B.I. is back healthy and he's used to playing next design as C.J. Uh, So I think think that's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, when we talk about this stuff, we got to remember that it's just a long season, man. (laughs) There's a lot of basketball yet to be played. And I think these guys are going to have plenty of time to kind of figure it out. But I do think, like you said, getting off to a quick start is going to be really important this year to put yourself in a good position with all of those good teams in the West to kind of get ahead of the pack where you're not kind of having to win those last 10, 15 games of the year just to get in. Uh, I think it's going to help to get off to a fast start. And I think a big part of that is just getting B.I. back on the court. We know how important he is to this team. And I think once he's back healthy, it's going to make it a lot easier for them but until then i I think there's always going to be something kind of hanging over them it's like okay it's good right now but we're kind of have to start all over again once bi is back healthy yeah it's it's an important note and shows you why preseason is important and hopefully getting everyone healthy soon is really important so coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans there were a couple surprise performers performers from the first preseason game including jackson hayes we'll talk about his role coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know. We've got great guests like Will Guillory today of The Athletic. So, Will, two preseason games this weekend. Jackson Hayes surprised me the other night. You're going to see, we're going to see increased run from him. He's a guy that I've been unable to figure out what his role might be with this team. It feels like he's an odd man out. We were at the open practice and we were joking about this with Christian Clark, too, of like no more extensions coming because they're not going to give one to Jackson Jackson Hayes. Then he goes and does that and it shows you the talent that he has. But is there a spot for him or are they going to try and maybe find a spot for him now? Yeah, it's very tough, man, because I've always been in the camp where I'm like, I'm not as quick to throw away Jackson Hayes as a lot of people are within the fan base, especially once Larry Nance came around. Everybody was like, okay, we got the Jackson Hayes replacement. We're good. You can go on about your business. But I think, man, just when you watch this guy, he's just so talented. It's crazy the stuff he's able to do on the floor. Uh, at his size and the way he he runs the court and he's able to make these ridiculous plays on defense, you know, you know, eating up ground and he's able to switch on the perimeter. He showed more of that last year. So I, I think he's going to have a role on his team. And I think an important thing that we forget as well is that he showed he knew how to play with Zion during that year in 2021. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's something that we haven't seen as much, but I think both of those guys really feel like they have a nice chemistry, you know, playing in the paint together. I think that's, that exists as well with Billy Hernan Gomez. And I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. It's just not, not just, you know, how these guys fit in the big picture, but can you work with Zion? Can you help make the game easier on him? And I think Jackson Hayes can do that in a lot of different ways, but I, it's tough, man, because we know, how much Larry Nance brings to this team as a IQ guy, defensive, you know, so much defensive versatility. He knows how to play with CJ McCollum in a pick and roll game. Uh, so I think it's hard to say as well in that preseason game. Yeah, man. He's very talented. The three are kind of important. (laughs) 
they're very important. Like we said, when you got Zion Williamson and JV down there. So I think it's hard to go into a season and say, yeah, we're going to play JV. We're going to play Larry Nance. We're going to play Billy Hernan Gomez. We're going to play Jackson Hayes. And then Zion Williamson is going to get 35 minutes tonight at power forward. It's easy. It's definitely not. But I think, uh, it's, it's, I think it's again, it's difficult to just say we're throwing Jackson Hayes away because that dude is so talented. And I've said this over and over again. I think we're going to see a much better version of Jackson Hayes on that second contract than we've seen up to this point. And I, I think the Pelicans are very hesitant to be like, okay, we're wiping our hands with Jackson and moving on to the next because they know how much potential he has in that body. Yeah, no, and he showed a lot of that. You have a springy big like that that's a vertical spacer just being in that dunker spot and a threat for little alley-oops or dump-off passes is really useful. You know, that is something that can play well next to Zion Williamson. What about Devontae Graham, leading scorer for the team in that game? He showed off that mid-range, which we haven't always seen from him. Where do you see him fitting into the rotation this year? It's really tough for Devontae because I'm huge. I'm huge on Jose Alvarado has to get consistent minutes. A lot of times during the playoff run last year, I was looking down at the bench like, okay, coach, when are you putting Jose in? When are you putting Jose in? Because I think Jose adds so much to that second unit and just having another defensive minded guy out there. Like he, he just he just knows plays. how to play point guard. I think we, we spend a lot of time talking about the, the Grand Theft Alvarado and the way he defends and the way he, he gets up in the guy's 94 feet, but he's a really smart point guard. He understands how to play and pick a role. He understands how to feed his big man and play in space. He hits those little floaters. I think he adds a lot to you at the point guard position, especially as kind of a change of pace guy compared to the way CJ McCollum plays the position. Uh, so I think giving him minutes is going to be huge and uh, I'm probably jumping ahead a little little bit but i want to see dyson daniels play this year man that guy is ridiculously good for a 19 year old and what he can do defensively if you put him out there and like lineups with like dyson herb and trey murphy i think they're just going to be ridiculous defensively covering so much ground and i think that kind of leaves Devontae as the odd man out and you, you love to see his shooting out there next to zion i think they love him in the locker room uh, but man, I just think they have so much talent in that backcourt. It's hard to really see how he fits next to Jose and Dyson Daniels. Yeah, he played well with that second unit, and so did Jackson Hayes. So did everyone in that second unit. But also, are they going to ever run like a true like five man bench lineup when you have you know Zion playing fifteen minutes, CJ playing fifteen minutes, and no Brandon Ingram? You you got to throw some wonky lineups out there, and the Bulls certainly looked just off the other night. I don't know if they're going to be able to thrive in a lineup like that where you have Devontae Graham able to just handle the ball and kind of drive to the middle and shoot if that's what's there, right? It feels like you're going to see at least one of B.I., Zion, and CJ on the court at all times. They could even do two of that, which leads to kind of the next question. You know, is there a true six-man on this team? Do they need a true six-man on this team when you have some of that flexibility with a big three like this? Right, I don't think so because you're, you're going to stagger at the very least Zion and B.I. a good bit. I think you're going to have C.J. obviously playing something with that second unit. You can always feed J.V. in the post against certain teams. Uh, so I don't think they necessarily need a true six man. Like I said, I think uh, Jose brings a lot as a ball handler with the second unit. So he's not necessarily a Jamal Crawford type of guy coming off the bench, but he's a guy who can create offense as a secondary ball handler. So I think that helps. Uh, but yeah, I think the big thing with the bench is they just need Trey Murphy to step up in a big way and they just got to figure out that front court rotation just how is it going to work who's going to play where and how can you get the most out of zion with some of those guys coming off the bench 
You said it's all about Zion, and if you can play with him, and that's you know, if you can, you're going to get minutes this season, and you're going to, in a sense, be Absolutely. a key piece going forward. So we're all happy here in New Orleans. There, there's great chemistry and vibes around this team. Not so with the Golden State Warriors and Draymond Green. <laughs> Yikes! Is is anything ever going to top? Is any practice team internal altercation ever going to top J.R. Smith and Soup? <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get that because we didn't even care about the fight. We just wanted to know what the soup was. What the was soup it, was, right? Was that's, all, that's all we cared about. We, we were like, okay, him and Damon Jones are beefing. Nobody cares. Like, what's the soup? Was it tortilla soup? Was it tomato soup? Was it chicken soup? I, I'm not throwing a bowl of a good chicken noodle soup. So that's all we talked about. So, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it's going to be tough for Draymond to top that, but I'm sure he's going to try. We're gonna. This is the last time we're going to hear about a Draymond altercation with one of his teammates. I promise you that. <laughs> No, it's just, oh, what a, what a silly thing. Look, anything that knocks them down a little bit maybe helps New Orleans in the long run, but I don't think yeah. we're going to be seeing anything like that here in New Orleans this year with this Pelicans team who no. all seems to love each other. Before we wrap up, how happy are you that we just didn't get like a surprise at media day like we did a year ago? <laughs> that was amazing, man. I was nervous because I, I was talking to some people leading up to media day and they say, yeah, you're, you're going to see something great at media day. And I was like, what's, what's, what's great coming in the media day? And they're like, and they were speaking about Zion Williamson and what he was going to look like uh, coming in the media day. So that, that was the, the good surprise, I guess we got out of media day is just how zion looked but yeah i mean like you said it the vibes around this team are just incredible at all times it's unbelievable man just how much they enjoy being around each other how much uh they kind of feel just uh they just feel like they want to be together and they want to make this work and, and it's completely different than anything i've seen during my time here in new orleans because you're used to like clicks in the locker room these four oh, yeah. guys like hanging out these three guys like hanging out but this, these guys are, are a complete unit. They always move together. They all talk to each other. And uh, it's crazy because they're very mindful of that. I think guys like Jose Alvarado and Billy Hernan Gomez, they're like, no, if you're branching off, you're coming over here with us. And I think that's what kind of has kept them together through all the bad times. And they're going to have a lot of adversity to get through this year. Uh, but they feel like the people they have in the locker room are going to get them through anything. And I, I think that's a testament to what David Griffin has done. Yeah, it, it just makes it so easy to root for that team, I think. And I think that's a big part of the reason why is we, we opened with it's one of the most anticipated seasons, probably the most anticipated season and nothing like we've ever seen it before. So it's a really exciting time. I'm excited for the games this weekend. I hope the listeners here are as well. And Will, thanks for coming Absolutely. on here today with me on Locked On Pelicans. Give them a follow at Will Guillory on Twitter. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Be sure to subscribe, enjoy the games, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.